Broadcasting from New York City. Frank Castle, if you're out there, I hope you're wearing a turtleneck. It's Matt and Brett Love Comics. This is Matt. This is Brett saying, bundle up Frankie. (laughs) Bundle up Frankie. Well, okay. This is a thing. Okay. Who I don't read Punisher comics. All right. And I'm I'm not talking about like Punisher Max bullshit. I'm talking about like main six one six. Yeah, yeah. You're your, talking about six one six Frank. Your sixty one sixties. Yeah, yeah. Who cares for him? Does he have any? Like he has what microchip? You're talking about like people in his life. Yeah. Who are his? Does he have supporting cat? Does he, like? Well, he had the he he had uh, the one <clears throat> uh, the one woman during Greg Rucka's run. Yeah. Recently, right? Does he does he find love? <laughs> It's, oh man. Did I tell a... Alex, you can go on and jump in on this. Oh yeah, know. I wasn't sure since you had it, you know, actually formally introduced <laughs> I know we have Our no, guest no. today is Alex Alvin, but Bye. I realized just, um, fuck formality, because I want to actually get to the bottom of this real quick. Yeah, yeah, um, okay. Well, uh, Nathan Edmondson is writing Punisher right now. Yeah. Have two issues yes. out, He's and he got... kind of has a girlfriend. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Has he, like, has he had a girlfriend ever in any, because I don't know... I'm sure. I don't know. Yeah, he's probably had a Lady Punisher or something like that. There have been Lady Punisher. I was was going through my uh, 90s trading cards the other day, because I do have them in nice uh, container store binders now. (laughs) Yeah. Green. Um, And there was like the the hit and run nine part card set, and one of them was a Lady Punisher, who I... There was a couple Lady Punishers, I think. You know what's interesting... Batman, right? This is a little bit of a left turn, but I'll get back to the Punisher in a second. But so Batman, his parents got killed, and he's constantly yes. trying to adopt people right. to become his own parents and sort of give them the experience that he never had. Yeah. Punisher, his whole family was killed, and he has shunned all human contact ever since. <laughs> that's true. He does not want a kid. Yeah. He does not want... <clears throat> yeah, like yeah. that's what he would fill out on his Facebook profile. It's like, children, I don't want kids. <laughs> uh, marital status, None. I wonder which Meryl one of status the uh, transgender thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's like 50 things you can do now. Wait, are we, yeah, are yeah. we talking about yeah. what we think Punisher will put in his? Yeah, probably Gud. Gud. Yeah. Gun. Well, you can type you in your own gun. thing, so he would probably just be Gun. Yeah. yeah. Or it's just like, it doesn't matter. Like, I don't care. I'm not here for that. I'm here for vengeance. Well, this is what's kind of weird about... Uh, Edmondson's thing that he's doing right now is he's kind of romantic, but not really. He's just being sort of charming for the first time See? ever yeah. with this girl in a coffee shop. Yeah, yeah. And he I likes think. her so much that when he ran out to kill these dudes, he put on a mask because he yeah. didn't want her It's, to it's a mask with a Punisher skull. You are true. finally yeah. describing a Punisher status quo that interests me. Really? That interests me more yeah. than I, I it's don't. It's good. I mean, Nathan Edmondson is good. I the Greg Rucka I really like because Greg Rucka is like a force of nature <clears throat> yeah. coming in, yeah. just sort of this horror villain that should show up every once in a while. Is great. Yeah. I've learned to never doubt a book when Greg Rucka's name is in the writer's column because the, everything that I, I have haven't read, of read his, his Electra, mm-hmm. but I would I'll read I would like. I've not read that, and I've I've never read his Wonder Woman stuff. But everything else that I've read... Oh, it's Wonder Woman's great. Yeah? It's not on Comixology, which is the thing we'll we'll discover. Um, Yeah, Wonder Woman is also very shoddy on comics. Like, spotty. Not shoddy. That's a shame. Yeah, I... We'll get to what we're talking about in a second, but one of the first DC books I read when I got back into reading DC, I was trying to, you know, educate myself about the whole universe, was Greg Rucka's Wonder Woman, because I think it was going on at the time. Yeah. And it was great, and I loved it so much, I went back, read the George Perez stuff, which is also great. Yeah. Uh, and then kind of went forward once Gail Simone took over from there. But I would say George Perez, number one, Greg Rucka, number two, when it comes to Wonder Woman. Oh, wow. Yeah. I okay. Read, yeah. See, I've never read, uh, Azarello is the only Wonder Woman solo I've ever read. 
So, uh, so Matt and Brett love comics. This is the show where we take comics and talk comics with comics. And dive uh, into Punisher questions. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and today's no exception. Alex, a uh, very funny writer, uh, host of your own weekly show, Comic yes. Book Club. Yeah. Um, you have... Hardcore uh, listeners to our show will recognize... That's right. Right. I appeared previously in continuity. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. There's, there's an editor's note yeah. at the bottom. Pre, of this. Did you have a crisis or anything like that? Did you reboot with? We almost we did talked a couple about episodes it. ago. Yeah. We talked about it for for issue for episode 100. Huh. I yeah. did notice that since the last time I was on this podcast, you guys have way more lines on your clothing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like I have a lot, a lot of I have a lot of pouches. Line. Yeah, a lot more. Lines. Oh, I thought you meant like actually, like I'm wearing an argyle no, no, sweater underneath life. my shoulder pads. Right. Yeah, yeah, right. it was a joke. <laughs> it was a joke. I was making about the new fifty two. Yeah, anyway, uh, <laughs> everything. I have a lot of seams on my clothes yes. now, like extra have... seams going down the front of my chest. Yeah, uh, which are places where shirts shouldn't have seams. Right. Yeah, and neither of us wear underwear anymore because it's not cool. Right. <laughs> Because they got rid of all their underwear. Oh, right, right. Yeah. No, that was... Okay. <laughs> yeah. Outside uh, underwear. I'm out. Is what I'm out meant. of it. Uh, <laughs> I, got, I bought a pair of sweatpants last night, and I was actually surprised they have, like, an extra panel in, like, the middle area. It's just, like, one panel, which is, I guess... For stretchiness. Like, I'm sorry, did you get like tampon uh, old size? Time, old time with pajamas, actually? <laughs> yeah. With like a back flap? Yeah, yeah, it's a, uh, it's a trap door in the back. Uh, pad, uh, like maxi no, it's pad. Like a, <laughs> like it's, that it's, right in, it's right in the middle, right in the undercrotch region. Uh, is this because they know that a lot of dudes just don't, like, just put, like, don't free ball it? I don't Go know. Maybe this, they were they were from they're the Urban Outfitters Champion Exclusive Collection. Uh, <laughs> what? Uh, what? Urban I've Outfitters never Champion? Heard a reaction like that from What's, you before. That, that, sound, that sounds like a, that's a sketch. Like that is a, like Urban Outfitters Reebok. Like I don't know. Like yeah. Well, I, like, I feel like even more. It's if you're no offense, but no, if you're buying sweatpants, it's you've given up, right? So to call them champion collection is just antithetical <laughs> to the idea of sweatpants. That's all. Oh, That's fair. That's know. fair. Um, but but yeah, uh, Alex, you've been. Um, I mean, you've been around the comics arena for for years, and even beyond that, uh, comedy in uh-huh. New York City. I mean, you have a really great sketch team, Elephant Larry. Thank you. Um, I used to I used to go see you guys every week over at the Pit. You had your uh, run with. Was it Boom? Boom, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we did that for about a year and a half or something. Oh, man, I saw that show a bunch. It was oh, great. Thanks. So you had a show at Boom Studios at the G.I. Joe's old base? Uh, yes. <laughs> yes, that's exactly that's... what just happened. <laughs> Every time I hear the pit, I think of, like, that was like the G.I. Joe base in, like, the early 90s, I think. Right, like in the car- yeah. At least in the comic book. I don't know if it was in the cartoon, too. This would be it. No, I think it was just the comic. Sumbo. I think it was just yeah. the comic, yeah. The pit! Yeah. Anyway, I wish it was like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. You're hanging out with General Hawk. <laughs> it would be amazing. I know this is not. I'm not up on my GI Joe continuity, but if yeah. Destro ran oh. the pit in oh. New York City, oh yeah, yeah, that would be yeah, pretty I, sweet. The new, right? the new pit location could easily be a Cobra base. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I mean, because there's a lot of different rooms, a lot of yeah. things yeah. you can do, a lot, like a, a very red. Yep. Yeah. yeah. People oh. are constantly dying. People are, <laughs> People are constantly dying everyone's wearing, on stage and off. Everyone is wearing masks at all times, even yeah. when they're just wearing like tank tops. Yeah. So I love yeah. when they go to the <laughs> when, when they go when <laughs> GI Joe oh when GI Joe goes to the Cobra like retirement home or like the like their um their like vacation spot and it's all a bunch of like Cobra paratroopers and stuff in the full like helmet 
and in like balaclava or whatever, and yeah. then like gym shorts and tank tops playing volleyball. There you <laughs> go. All still wear their helmets. I'd read that. I'd yeah. love it. Anyway, um, so how's Combo Club going? Because <laughs> like transitions. <laughs> it's good. I so feel like I'm on a not to repeat what I said a year and a half ago or anything. You know, sure. totally bore people. Yeah. But we've been doing the show for about seven years now. Yeah, Jeez. it's a live show in New York every Tuesday at seven p.m. Hosted by myself, Justin Tyler, who I believe has been on the show. Yeah, he has a couple Star of times Man. as well. Uh, and Pete LePage, and we have... Uh, Who knows guests. a lot about Punisher. He, yeah, when you were talking about Punisher, I was like, oh, it's a good thing Pete's not here, because he'd be killing you right now. Oh, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. literally, Just, too. Like, even if you're like, I like Punisher, he'd still kill you for some yeah. reason. No, but, like, let's get let's get You honest. only like him? Let's yeah. get honest, Punisher is only as good as the people writing him. He's not an inherently good character. As opposed to other characters, or good Well, I, th- no I, I think that, I think that other characters have... Oh man, let's get philosophical. Have like hooks in them, uh-huh. like like uh, that. Like there, there's a, you know, there's a lot of like religious stuff built into Superman's DNA that like is mm-hmm. that I feel like is strong enough the, to carry him through. The the minority uh, metaphor with the X Men is a very powerful thing that I feel like hooks. What the fuck does Punisher have? His parents, his family is called the Picnic. <laughs> like I don't know. Like oh, who relates to that? Guys, like lots of people. I don't yeah, know. yeah. Picnics are deadly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Were they killed? Fire ants? They were yeah. killed in like that's. Little... I gotta tell you, my, this the, if a... I ever got a chance to write a Punisher story, yeah, my Punisher story would be he decides to take vengeance on ants instead. I love it, right? yeah, because they're killed in a picnic. Yeah, yeah. He's like, I know who I need to take out. Ants. Yeah. And or, so, no, I'm or, gonna be. I'm gonna dress as a giant spider <laughs> and call myself Spider Man. <laughs> he decides Spider-Man to, the to take down the entire picnic industry and just goes after like gingham plants and like uh-huh. wicker basket plants. There you go. Like, no picnics ever. Um, <laughs> no more picnics. No more picnics. No more picnics. So speaking of writing comics, I mean, you yeah. are also a comics writer. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have. I mean, you've yeah, written stuff for Marvel in the past, and you currently have uh, your own book. Yeah, so I wrote a book called Thor and the Warriors 4 for Marvel. It was a four-issue Power Pack Thor series that came out a little bit before the first Thor movie came out, not Mm -hmm. Thor the Dark World. Um, And that was amazing because I got to work with Guri Hairu, who is this team of awesome ladies from Korea who do some of my favorite art. So when they told me that I got to work with them, that was a dream come true. Plus the fact that I am the hugest Power Pack fan in the entire world. So it was great. Another inherently strong concept. Right? Way better than Punisher. I'm not going to disagree with that. <laughs> how, how there is not a Marvel Studios Power Pack movie right now Seriously. is beyond me. Well, it's Taylor May for Saturday Morning. Right? Honestly, should have been one of the 80s. Like, there should have been a Power Pack. There was. Was there a Power Pack cartoon in the 80s? There was a Power Pack movie in the 80s, which is one of the worst things of all Wait, time. Wait, what? Oh, I don't yeah, know this If exists. you have a chance, I think you could still find it on YouTube, unless they've shut it down at this point. But it's cheesy and it's awkward it's like Roger Corman Fantastic Four okay. levels yes. not really not really some theaters no heaven, no heaven, no it was a TV no. show I think they just did a pilot oh, man. it may have only been a okay. presentation pilot even I think yeah. they only did like 15 minutes or something it's god awful that said it should be a cartoon show yeah they go around they visit all the different members of the Marvel Universe it would be great yeah hopefully I assume Steve Wacker who is now on Marvel Animation on the West Coast yeah listens to this podcast all the time. So <laughs> oh, yeah, he'll sure. know that uh, Power Pack is the next big thing. That he was following you. me on Twitter at some point. Uh-huh. I don't know if that's still the case, and I will never check to see if it's true. <laughs> um, there you go. I don't check. Um, so yeah, I wrote that, and then mm. I did a Kickstarter series called Detective Honey Bear. Uh, we did two issues of that, and we keep talking about doing a third issue, 
but life keeps getting in the way. Sure. Yeah, but we are talking about uh, doing, just to keep something going, yeah. we're talking about doing like a weekly strip, like a three-panel oh. and four-panel thing. Yeah. Uh, we actually <clears throat> talked about that two days ago, and I feel like I should do that, and I'm saying this out loud. So this is committed. This is committed. Yeah. Yep, you put it, at, put it out there in the universe. Right? Yeah, yeah, this is a verbal contract. So yeah, that's, that's tough. When you get hired to write Punisher, they're gonna... Hold you to this, right? Yeah. And you're going to have to write about yeah. anti-fire ants. So, so what's it like? What's it like being? I mean, you're you're obviously a, a an immersed comics fan, long time, long time, uh, long time. What's it like for you to make the transition from being a fan of the medium to being someone who gets a chance to actually write? Uh, it was really cool. I had actually never. This is thing thinking back a couple of years now, but I had never really thought of ever writing a comic book. I uh-huh. always thought, I love to read them. And then we started doing Comic Book Club, and I thought, I love to talk about them. And that was pretty much as far as it went. Yeah. But as soon as the show started to get a little popular, everybody asked me, oh, when are you going to start writing a comic book? And I said, I don't know, I've never thought about it. But then enough people asked me that I started thinking, all right, maybe I should write a comic yeah. book. <laughs> so yeah. people stop asking me. Uh, and then I started doing it. I wrote a uh, story in Hulk team-up number one, uh, which was Hulk going on a date with Dazzler. Uh, and uh, then after that, I wrote... Oh, my God. What was the second thing I wrote? I don't know. I, I, don't, I wrote something else. Oh, there was a short Avengers. There was a Squirrel Girl story. Uh. And then I uh, wrote the Power Pack story. And it was... Particularly writing the Power Pack story was the best working experience of my entire life. Oh, wow. Really? How yeah. so? The people at Marvel were great. Uh, the editor I worked with, Jordan D. White, was amazing and just yeah. really supportive and fantastic. Uh, Nate Cosby, who used to work at Marvel, uh, who was in charge of a lot of the all-ages stuff yeah. and was a really big proponent of that. Now he's working on a bunch of stuff for Dynamite, the Turok. Oh, yes. Yeah. He's yeah. working on like the Gold Key franchises. Yeah, he's yeah, that. Great. He amazing. also wrote Buddy Cops with my friend Jim over at Dark Horse. He did. Which is amazing. It's great. Uh, with Evan Shaner on our Yeah, and he was the um, overseer editor yeah. for that, and it was great working with him, too. And just to get the pages from Gary Hyru, and, you know, I'd imagine how something was in my head, and then they'd do it, and it would be... Not just exactly like that, but even better than that. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, man. And it was, it's just great. I know it's sort of the same thing that people talk about whenever they write comics, but it's just... Art is like magic, so getting those <laughs> pages in is just magical and oh, amazing. Yeah. And, yeah, it was great. And Are you it, an artist at all? No! Yeah. No, my mom likes to think I am, but I'm not. <laughs> cool. Yeah, because you just said, like, art is magic, and I really feel the same way, because I have no artistic ability. I love writing, yeah. but when it comes and to I actually can draw, drawing... I it's not that. It's not that special. <laughs> just, I don't know. I'm like, you are sassy being in, it, The weather is horrible. Yeah. And I haven't left my apartment in like three days. Oh, so. Okay. I, um, I will tell you, in terms of the art thing, I did magic. one thing. Uh, they invited me... They gave me a free table at Wizard World New York uh-huh. which, one year. Oh, oh wait. Which, when, was, wait when was there a Wizard World New York? Is this yeah. post-2008? Yeah. yeah it was, oh, so it was this is after we bought the ago. Big Apple Con, right? Yeah, yeah. Which is. It wasn't in the Hotel Pennsylvania, was it? Yeah. Oh, God. But it was a free table. Yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah, just yeah. published a bunch of comics, so I figured I had them already. I can sit at a table and read comics for a couple of days. Yeah. yeah. That'll be awesome. Um, actually, just one day. I think I decided. No, no, no. I went for two days. Uh, what I did, though, just to keep myself excited and kind of interested in doing something, is I put up a sign that said free drawings. And then I put a really long note at the bottom that said star. 
I am a writer, not an artist. I can't draw. And then I start off with that being like, I'm serious. They are free, but they are going to be terrible drawings. <laughs> and it actually worked really nicely because people would come up, they'd see the side, read it, they'd laugh, and they'd say, oh, yeah, but really you're an artist. And I was like, no, no, no. I'm a writer, but I'll draw you something. And they were like, oh, all right. And then I would draw something for them. It was actually fun because people requested, uh, requested ridiculous things for me to draw. Yeah. Uh, like, uh, I don't know. Green Arrow eating a burger or something like that. <laughs> I'm, glad said, I'm glad you said a burger. Yeah. Because <laughs> I know what some requests at comic conventions are. Well, here's the thing that was actually great, uh, because I had pretty much across the board all ages stuff. Um, people came up to my table and they were actually really happy and thankful ah. that they were walking around this comic convention and they are like, I'm looking for stuff for my kid and I can't find anything. Ah. So they came there, we ended up chatting, it would be a great experience. The next day these crazy aggressive guys sitting next to me who had not sold anything and I ended up selling a lot of stuff because people would hang out and yeah. then they'd buy a bunch of comics next to me they were giving away free drawings <laughs> and they were artists and yeah. I was like alright okay time to open up my comics and just read my comics <laughs> and that was that <laughs> yeah, it, it was a fun experience yeah man that's uh, that's that's really exciting so uh, what um, what's next for you guys with comic book club <laughs> Uh, sorry, I'm just laughing because my immediate thought was like, death! <laughs> death! Death! Good lord! Yeah, I don't know. We're still, every Tuesday, it's totally free, uh, 7 p.m. at Fontana's in New York. It's yeah. a fabulously fun show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, I I love it. I And again, too, I remember coming to, like, the super early ones. Like, one of the, like you had, I think you guys did, like, three and then had, like, a month off for Christmas at the mm-hmm. very, very beginning. I remember going to those ones, and then I remember you your one year anniversary show. Yeah, when you guys had like you guys had like Fraction, Bendis, Quesada, Jeff Loeb, uh, yeah. uh, 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 the producer guy. Uh, he, he was he was co writing he was co writing Booster Gold with Jeff Johns for a while. Jeff Katz. Oh yeah yeah yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah. So it was all of them, and also Bill Hader and Seth Meyers, and yeah. that was sort of our peak. At the end of our first year, and we've been downhill ever since. Oh, come on. But the uh, show's still great. Yeah, it? well, that's the thing. When people ask me what's next for the show, it's we keep doing the show because we love doing the show. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's kind of what's next for it. I mean, yeah. the other thing is if if people are interested, you can go to Nerdist.com. It's the podcast on there. It's the comic book podcast every week. Yeah. Um, which is super cool, and they've been great to us as well. So Yeah. I mean, you guys are on a great network. Yeah. Like, it's awesome. Uh, that whole, that whole uh, stable of shows over there yeah. is, is really great. Yeah. You got a bone to pick with Jonah Ray, but that's about it. I'm just kidding. It's, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm, for some reason, I'm did feeling Did something, I'm feeling do you guys know, not to get like all insidery podcasty thing, huh? but did something happen with uh, Chris Hardwick and I yeah. can't, wow, yeah. So I hope you guys heard all that out there in podcast land. Yeah, that, that was, was crazy. Some, that was that crazy, was, I mean, crazy that inside dish. Inside yeah, yeah. dish that, you know, totally happened. Yep. <laughs> and um, that's why people turn into your uh, comic book podcast, your mm-hmm. insider dish. <clears throat> in all the dishes. Scoop. Credible. Well, I'll tell you, all of that came to us in a flash. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, that was a bit of a stretch. I apologize, listeners. Uh, but... Today we're getting together and we're reading uh, some really great DC work by Jeff Johns and Scott Collins. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, and guest artist Phil Winslet, who pops in for an issue. So, And I want to mention one other person, uh, Inker Doug Hazelwood. Doug Hazelwood, yes. Yeah. Uh, which is something that you can keep setting up, but I think it's going to be very important to talk about him later on. 
Absolutely. Um, yeah, so so we, uh, we're reading what a lot of times people ask, like, who's your Flash, right? Like, who's your Flash? Are you a Barry Allen? H-O-O-S-I-E-R? Who's your Flash? Who's your Flash? Yes. Uh, Gene Hackman is the fastest <laughs> coach alive. Um, no, but, who is your Flash? A lot of times yeah. it's, it's there's, there's the Barry Allen uh, camp, Bart there's Allen. the Wally camp. There's Bart, Bart Allen. There's even Bart a little Allen. bit of Bart Allen. Jay because, Garrick. Yeah, some Jay Garrick. Uh, I never really had a dog in the race until I was at uh, I was at New York Comic Con in 2008, and I I had money to burn, and I didn't know what I wanted to buy, and, and I asked. And you didn't have your lighter. <laughs> so and I didn't, yeah. You couldn't actually burn it. So I, we were talking, and I asked you if there was anything in trades that was, like, really cool really? that I should pick up. Yeah, and you said, well, Jeff John's run on The Flash is, like, huh. one of my favorite things ever. Huh. And I said, awesome, I'll check it out. And, uh, and I, picked up, uh, I picked up the issues. It was a trade that had, um, that had a lot of the rogue profiles yeah. in them that ends with, like, the Captain Cold profile. And I read it, and I was instantly engrossed in it. Um, and it, I was—I could not thank you enough for introducing those no stories problem. into my life. And I was instantly you a Wally me back West guy. By years later, inviting me out to a podcast. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, long game. You were paying it forward. Yeah, it was a very long game you were playing. Um, About here. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I, I became a Wally West guy based off of Jeff John's run. Um, and, I mean, obviously, it, it, it seems like you are as well. Yeah, uh, I think I was telling you a little bit before we turned the recorder on, but I, there was a good span of time where I did not buy comics Yeah, um, around when I was like, no way, I'm cool and I have a life and friends, before that all went away. <laughs> um, but even before that, I stopped being a DC guy when I was a kid, and this is still one of my clearest memories. I had collected Batman and Superman comics, and I collected a ton of Marvel comics, and my closet was starting to fill up, and I knew I needed to give something up, so I went to a dinky in a basement comic convention and yeah. sold all of my DC comics to some dude. Oh, and was he there officially, or he was just a dude? <laughs> no, it was a dude behind a table, and I even kind of okay. remember what he looked like. Uh, but after that point, I was just a Marvel guy for most of my childhood. Never read any of the DC books. I gave them up after that. Why did you? What was the initial reason for getting rid of them? I had less DC books. Oh, ah, wow! That's pretty much it. It was just vol- it was a volume thing. It's yeah, like, oh, there's less of them. And... Yeah, I still remember a lot of those Batman and Superman books, and I really liked them a lot. But uh, I just didn't have the room. It's also weird that I mean, how old were you then? Like that you that was young. I mean, that, that you, was like at that point even like or something like that. You uh, divided your collection into like companies. Not like I'm going to get rid of all my Batman or all my Spider Man. Right. It was like no, I'm going to get rid of DC. Like it's a whole like <laughs> get out of out, here, out. I just wasn't in, as in love with them as I was my Spider Man comic books and my X Men comic books and my Power Pack comic books and all of that. So I gave all of that up. Uh, then there was that span where I wasn't really co- reading comic books, and when I started to get back in, the thing that actually brought me back in was the lead-up to Infinite Crisis. Yeah. Because I started reading about that just on the internet, yeah. and I thought it was so cool that they had seeded all of this stuff for years and years and years and were building up to it. Yeah. And then they had a 90-cent special. Uh, I think it was 90 or 99 cents or whatever it was. It was crazy cheap. And yeah. I was Countdown like, to Infinite Crisis. Yeah, there you yeah. go. And I was like... Is that the more Ted Corkett's kill? Yeah. Okay. yeah. 
And I remember friends telling me, they're like, oh, my God, I cried. And I was like, I don't know who that is. It seems emotional, but I don't know who it is. But this, I'm in. I'm in. Yeah. So I started reading that, and I felt like because of that, and because everybody was so emotional over Ted Cord dying, they're like, oh, my God, and he meant so much. And maybe they're going to bring back Barry Allen, and what's going to happen with this? Because this is Crisis again, I was like, oh my god, I have to read Crisis. So I read Crisis, and then I read Crisis, and I was like, I have no idea what's going on, but this is yeah. crazy. Yeah. i got to find stuff. out what's going yeah. on. So I decided to hardcore educate myself in the DC Universe. And I think we were talking about earlier, one of the first ones that I picked up was Greg Rucka's Wonder Woman, because I knew Greg Rucka's work. Uh, but I think the second thing that I picked up was Jeff John's Flash. Ah. And that, I fell in love. Like, that's the thing that made me fall back into the DC universe more than anything else. What was it about what was it about the book that like pulled you in? Um it's what Jeff has done so successfully I think throughout his career. Uh he gets to the heart of the characters and then more than anything he gets to the heart of the villains. You were talking about the oh, rogue yeah. profiles? Yeah. Here the volume that we're talking about Blitz is where he builds up and finally reveals the new zoom spoiler yeah. from decades ago yeah <laughs> but he reveals the new zoom and it's such a slow build and he comes up with such a good reason yeah that's so unique to have a villain um yeah. it's great i also like i mean i know nothing about flash i think this is the first flash i've ever read it's weird that i still have these like big holes yeah in sure my, in my reading uh it's all dc um but i did not see that coming which was mm-hmm. a very which was a rewarding uh thing um because you meet Everyone's name is insane. <laughs> what yeah. is it? Hunter Zolomon? Hunter, Hunter Zolomon, yeah. Like, how long had he been in the book before this turn? Pretty much the entire time. Wow, because he was, yeah. I mean, he was, uh, in the very first history we read, um, 192, uh, he gets his back broken by Gorilla Grodd, yeah. who is a telepathic dictator ape. And can I interrupt for a second and we'll <laughs> get back to it? Because I, I will just uh, we'll put a pin in the crazy names thing for a second. Yeah. But this is another example of Gorilla Grodd is a character that I don't think I particularly liked before and I haven't really liked yeah. since. But here he is terrifying. And it's, Horror, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's great. Yeah. It's because he knows Jeff Johns writes him. He understands that what you need to do is make him unstoppable put the Flash in a place where he can't get out of, where he can't actually just run away or anything like that, yep. and make the villain's power is not like, I'm a gorilla, yeah, <laughs> it's that he gets under the Flash's skin. Yeah. Which yeah. is amazing. Anyway, back to Hunter Zolomon's insane name. Oh, well, yeah, well, he, he gets his back broken, and uh, and they, 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 uh, they live in that for, like, four issues. They don't, like, reveal, like, his turn doesn't come until, like, what, yeah, 196, the, maybe? Uh, one, yeah, 196, 196 is when he jumps on the, <clears throat> where he tries to steal the cosmic yeah. treadmill. Well, and also, I mean, he he is trying to get the cosmic treadmill back. And this is, again, like, reading for the first time. He's trying to get to the cosmic treadmill. And he just says, I want to change that one hour or whatever. And then I assumed he meant when he got his back broken. Mm-hmm. And it isn't revealed. Now, did you as readers... Have, do no, you, you don't so know. you don't know his origin of like making the wrong call and getting his father in law shot in the face and yeah. like and they, all that. They all just sort of they they allude to that. There's a slow burn with him across Jeff's like entire run because I remember him like popping up earlier, right? Because mm-hmm. he's part of the Keystone City Police Department. Yeah, and which he's is always Portland area. I mean, it's on the coast. No, it's the Twin Cities. Yeah, it's kind of oh, Detroit. A, okay, yeah, it feels but like also Detroit. The Twin Cities. Yeah, but it, there's okay. there's Keystone there's and a Central City. 
and there's a bridge that connects them. Who is the hero of Central City? Is that Green Lantern's place? No, no, no. Both, no. both of them are oh, Flash. Both. Oh. Yeah. Well, he is just, fast. He can't can cover. Well, can I uh, <laughs> just do, again, we'll put a pin in that, and I just want to mention one thing. Yeah. Uh, we wanted to, I had suggested we read the collection before this, which I think is called Blood Will Run. Yeah. And uh, that has my favorite double-page splash from any comic book ever, which ties huh. into exactly what you're saying. He sets up this thing where the rogues, all of the bad guys are going crazy, and I honestly don't remember, let's say it's Central City, and basically ruining Central City. And over in Keystone City, this guy, the thinker, who's essentially like living computer guy, has taken over that entire city and turned it into a digital, he's controlling everything. Oof. And there's this double-page spread where he's like, they're like, Flash, you got to stop all the rogues. Flash, you have to stop the thinker. <laughs> and he, you flip the page, there's this double-page spread of him super tidy standing on a bridge with both cities on both sides. And he's like, only problem, I don't know which way to run. Oh. And it's great. Yeah. And I think that, to me, the reason I wanted to read that, and I think it actually plays out really well in the Blitz collection, is what Jeff Johns gets is he puts the Flash in a situation where he doesn't know how to run fast enough or where to run first. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's great. Yeah. Because that's what, I mean, you have to do something like that. The writers over the years, and even Jeff Johns, have found great ways and new and inventive ways to to act, to act use the speed force as not just a guy who runs fast. Mm -hmm. But, you know, well, whip was, your arm in a circle to turn yeah. it into, like, some type of cyclone There's to pull things together. There's a sequence in this when... When the when the building under construction gets mm -hmm. gets destroyed, and Flash uses his super speed to jump from girder to girder to absorb the kinetic energy out of them, so that instead of like them flying off and destroying other buildings, they'll just drop straight down. Yeah, which is like, well, I don't know physics. <laughs> is that how that works? But also, like that was cool. <laughs> yeah. Like I did not. I would yeah. never have thought to use his powers. And in that Flash, way. I feel like, is one of those heroes like Superman where people generally just don't understand why can't he do anything. He can run faster than anybody, so of course he can stop you before you can think. Yeah. yeah. But every single situation that Jeff Johns puts him in is a situation where speed isn't enough. And it's yeah. something like that that I think really exemplifies that, where you wouldn't think. You'd think, oh, okay, you know, he jumps and he grabs all the girders. But he's not super strong. Yeah, they're fucking girders. Like, yeah. his arms would snap off. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so he figures out, Jeff Johns figures out a solution where he can take that down in a really creative yeah. way. That's super cool. You know what I like about this uh, this opening Grodd storyline, too? It's this great three-parter that shows us the viciousness of Grodd that we've, that we've already discussed briefly. Uh, but also, the Flash doesn't really win mm -hmm. this fight. It just stops, and he's told that it doesn't concern him anymore, and yeah. he's just shunted back to Keystone City. Um, well, there's also, like, a weird bit of hubris on the Flash's... Like, Gorilla Grodd is being held captive in a max, like, super prison in uh, one of the cities? One, Keystone? One is, Keystone, I think. Yeah, Iron uh, Heights, I believe, is Iron in Heights. Keystone. Yeah. Um, Geography. And they're like, <laughs> he's, like, insane, like, you shouldn't keep him here or whatever... Uh, basically, like, I don't know, he, like, got Trojan horsed in because he has all these gorillas come to free him. Yeah. Um, but then, like, when Gorilla Grodd, like, runs amok, like monkeys tend to do, <laughs> <laughs> monkey trouble, um, he leaves. He goes back to Gorilla City. 
Right, is that what it's called? Gorilla yep, City? Sure it is. Is. Of course it is. Of course DC it is. Universe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Because and... a, a, an older guy in the 50s was like, why is a city full of gorillas? You just call it Gorilla City. Now get the hell out of my office, you <laughs> dumb bastard. Uh, but there's like this, this like moral dilemma of like, he, well, he's gone. Like, he's gone back to his home. Like, you yeah. don't, it doesn't concern you anymore. And there's like this hubris of like, no, I'm going to bring him back here, which I was like, that sounds like a horrible idea. Because yeah, you yeah. just saw what happens yep. <laughs> when he's there. But it's, Flash is so angry and so full of like rage and vengeance, which becomes a, a yeah. thing. Um, because he goes to Gorilla City and they're like, you you came here wearing red. That is the color of blood, <laughs> the color yeah. of vengeance. I'm getting real sassy. Well, what I, what I like what I like about this run, and especially these nine issues in particular, is that, you know, there's there's a lot of gray area. Yeah. There's a lot of gray area, and and Johns is also not afraid to let Wally West be wrong. Yeah. You know, he's, uh, and I think that's why I like him so much, too, is it's that sort of um, old Peter Parker mentality of, like, you know, let him, let his emotions cloud his judgment, and then let's find out what happens when that does happen, because... It doesn't all work out yeah. that well and when that's, that does. That's, I mean, this is jumping forward quite a bit, but that's one of my problems with Barry Allen as a character. Yeah. Is he comes from that old sort of Silver Agey, I'm very sure of myself. I agree. Yeah, I was going to ask me, how how uh, up, up on your flash are you, and what would you say is are the strengths and weaknesses of Wally versus Barry? Like, well, I think yeah. Matt totally got to yeah. it, is that Wally, Wally has two things for him. One, he has the continuity. He really... Like Nightwing, I think, in the DC Universe, yeah. is one of those characters that just, you watch grow up. Which is super cool. Yeah, it's That is, like, great. the only, I mean, as a Marvel person, that's the only thing that I say DC does infinitely better yeah. than Marvel. I love the sense of, like, lineage. Mm-hmm. I love that. Well, they had that. Yeah. Not quite so much anymore. Marvel doesn't. DC now doesn't. Yeah, exactly. But, I mean, I think that's something that I really like about Wally in particular, yeah. is you get that sense of history, he has friends who have grown up with him but he still has people that he look up to, looks up to there's a sense of family that they had in this book that yeah. wasn't really there before i yeah okay i also again flash novice here i did not see all of a sudden i've now taken on the role that our guests usually play <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> where i'm like okay i didn't understand this okay barry allen is uh is barry allen is the uncle of wally west right yeah yeah Wait, is that not right? Uh, yeah. Is that yeah, what yeah. they say? <laughs> Who? How the fuck is Bart Allen? No, wait. Well, because really? Iris, no, Iris West, it's is... like he's he's related to Iris, and Barry is his uncle through marriage. Right. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, because he was saying like I watched my uncle. Bart. Bart is, is Barry's Bart is great, 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 great oh, something oh, so like, grandson. So way, way from way. the future. Okay, yeah. because at one point he calls uh, Iris because she's in this. She yeah. Call, he calls her grandma. Yeah. And I was like, wait a second, because I did not know Barry Allen had any kids. And then I yeah, started thinking, I think it's like, a bunch of greats. Yeah. But yeah. they, there's this whole thing, which they talk about a bit in this volume, where uh, Barry killed the first Professor Zoom. Yeah. And to escape justice, moved to the future, that's, because comic books. Yeah. That's morally great, too. That was yes. right before, that was right before uh, Crisis. So that, that actually happened. Yeah. And did they, at that time, did they know, hey, well, we're going to kill him anyway, so let's just shoot him to the future for a little while. Like, no, I, don't no, know. I think it was a while, actually. Wow. Yeah, I'm not sure, but uh, I don't know. Completely blank to the point that I was going to say. Uh, there's a sense of family and lineage. Yeah. Um, well, also, uh, 
This is all post-Crisis, but Wally's entire career as Kid Flash was all pre-Crisis, correct? Like, he assumed mm -hmm. the mantle at Crisis. Yeah. So, when Crisis hit the reboot button, it did a soft reboot, and some of that shit still... Yeah, well, what Crisis did was, it didn't actually reboot oh, the no, universe. It just merged, it just merged, merged the universes. Yeah. Okay. yeah, So that there wasn't... A million gets, different universes. It gets touted around as a big deck clearing reboot a lot. It wasn't a not, reboot. Yeah, it was a deck clearing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It introduced a bunch of new heroes. It killed off a ton of other heroes. It kind of simplified everything for them. So, it, yeah, but so it shouldn't be. So it wasn't a reboot. No. Which it does get tossed around like it was. No, wasn't I think reboot, Infinite Crisis was kind of a soft reboot. Zero Hour was kind of a soft reboot. Yeah, Zero Hour, they tried. Yeah. 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 Too much of that. Yeah, Ugh. yeah, Ugh. yeah. So I do. I really did like that the, the sense of family that comes into play in this. I mean, like they, uh, Wally and his wife Linda. Uh huh. They are married, right? Yep. Is there an awesome wedding issue? Oh boy, I don't know. Is that don't like know a Mark read that issue? Problem? There is. I will spoil things for people who are you know reading along in real time or whatever they're doing. <laughs> yeah. But uh, they do. There's the whole thing with their kids in here. And they do eventually, down the road, have a pair of twins. Yeah, yeah. I knew that. And I, I thought that... It's great. It's a really nice payoff, which is cool. Yeah. And, again, it shows that growth. It shows that change as characters that eventually ran uh, Wally into a quagmire where DC was like, oh my god, he's married with kids. And he's what, do do? what do we do? What do we do? What do we do? Reboot the whole universe. Which, um, no, yeah, they so, be. how do you pronounce... Because I've never tried to pronounce it out loud. Yeah. How do you pronounce the original Professor Zoom's name? Uh, oh, Eobard Thon. Eobard Thon. Yeah. Wait, okay. What? How do you spell his first name? E O B A R D. Oh, Eobard. Obviously. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's going to be in the Flash pilot. Oh, really? Right Is he yeah. really? Yeah. I don't remember the name of the actor that's playing him, but he's in it. Wow. Spoiler. Um, yeah. So they get the whole stuff with the with the kids. Uh -huh. And I was totally expecting, like, oh, we're going to see the birth of these kids that I know yeah. exist, because I am tangentially familiar with, like, 2008 status quo Flash. Yeah. You don't get that. That does not happen. I remember what I was going to say. Oh. Uh, and this is specifically for you, Brett, uh, because I know you're a big Chris Claremont fan, right? Oh, yeah. Reading this, it reminds me of Chris yeah. Claremont, because he's playing that. the long game oh, constantly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Very he's constantly so. seeding things in throughout. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's the same thing with the kids, where he probably knew that he was going to actually introduce the kids later on, but first he makes them go through this gut-wrenching, awful, awful, horrible, terrifying thing that happens with uh, Zoom. Yeah, I mean, I gotta say, like, the first six issues are very straightforward superhero. Like, it's yeah. not, like, it's not, I mean, it's very all-ages almost in a way. Uh -huh. You know, you got a fucking goofy top guy, you know? Like, yeah. Uh, and then all of a sudden it's like, uh... Mr. Zoom, Mr. Zoom comes. Yeah. Reverse Flash. He's a professor. Okay. No, this guy's not. A uh, yeah, oh, yeah, no, I guess yeah, he's no, just he's like Zoom. officer. Yeah, yeah. If anything, actually, he's pr this guy's probably Zoom MD. Probably. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he's like, "Boom, your wife miscarried." Like it's like he whispers it in Flash's ear. Yeah. <laughs> on like the last page of an issue, and it's like, "What?" Like that is a it's, out of it's freaking dark. That's it, a turn. Jeff Johns gets a lot of crap, though, for being insanely violent and huh. uh, tearing people's limbs off, tearing I mean, people's heads off, things sure. like that. People say that he does that, and he does. The, he writes that a lot. The thing that I think is kind of fascinating about this arc is you do have that really uh, edgy or gritty or whatever, like, that's not strong enough word for the whole miscarriage thing, which is gut-wrenching and very adult. It's drama. But... Yeah. 
it also reads like his very specific response to what happens with Barry Allen with Zoom. Because the whole thing that happened with Barry Allen with Professor Zoom, which they talk about in this volume, is that Barry said, there's no other way, I'm the Man of Steel, i got to stab this guy's neck and kill him. Yeah. <laughs> Here, Wally figures out another way. He Zoom brings him to that point, says, the only thing you do, you got to kill me, yeah. you got to do it, and then Wally figures out another way. And it, it's kind of fascinating to me, just because down the road, a couple of years... Jeff Johns is repeatedly hit with that criticism of always taking the easy way out, ripping people's heads off. Huh. But here, yeah. he's not doing that at all. Yeah, yeah. and Zoom's end is tragic yeah. in this story. Like, there's a lot of tragedy at the end of this story. And, um, you know, basically, Wally, who's accessing the Speed Force, has to fight a guy who is more, who has more or less displaced himself from time. Yeah. Yeah. which is how he is as fast as he is. So he's rearranging time instead of instead of kinetic energy. And as he's doing that, he opens up these pockets of reality that get to... He opens up these sort of pockets of reality that you sort of see flashes from the past, no pun intended. <laughs> uh, and when the Flash kind of shoves him into one, it's the pivotal moment that Hunter wanted to go back and change. It's the moment that he told his father-in-law that the clown, this guy that they were going in to stop while he was at the FBI, didn't have a gun, was going to be unarmed because he's a boy playing a man's game. And, of course, that was the moment that changed his life because that's when they went in, they burst in, the clown did have a gun, immediately murdered his father-in-law, shot him in the leg, uh, and that's what led him down the downward spiral of being drummed out of the FBI, his wife filing for divorce, and here we are. Yeah. Um, little Easter egg. Uh, yeah. A little, little uh, maybe more positive than that. <laughs> but with those breaks in time, and again, this gets back to the long game thing, but Impulse, Bart Allen, actually sees a flash of himself as Kid Flash. Yes. Which is something that happens just a couple of issues down the road. Which ah, is super okay, cool. I saw that. I was like, yeah. what is that? Because yeah. um, I, I had uh, I had picked up I followed, like, the first year of Teen Titans when Jeff Johns was writing it, and that's, like, when he... I think that was published maybe, like, six months after this stuff was, because this was, uh-huh. like, early 03, right? Yeah, I, I think, think that so. was later 03. Um, and I, I love that. Like, and even seeing, for a moment, he sees Barry Allen in that crisis moment that exists whenever a big thing happens in the DC Universe until yeah. Barry Allen came back, which is... You see Barry Allen reaching out through time, hmm. uh, which is—is is that the DC Universe's version of the Watcher showing up? I think <laughs> so, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's again getting back to the long game thing, uh, and I meant to look this up before I got here, and I completely forgot. But at the end of the issue, after all the awful stuff happened and awfully beats, uh, after he beats Zoom. Barry actually comes back from his moment in the future before he's died in crisis yeah. and says, hey, I'm coming back to you now. This is one of the three worst days of your life. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I know that at the very least, Barry comes back for one more day later on in Jeff John's run. I don't remember if he ever got to the Aww. third day. I'm not oh, sure. And then how much never... longer, I mean, this is 2003, how much longer does he go? Um, he goes for a while, I think. Uh, there's, after this, there's the ignition arc, which... R. If, Kelly produced. Yeah, yeah. No, no, R. Kelly produced the remix. He did the remix. Yeah, sorry, he was like, "I want to do comic books." <laughs> <laughs> um, then he just shows up, eats a lot of lobster, yeah. and never makes a comic book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
The Ignition arc was, if I remember correctly, I think it was pretty controversial. It did the whole memory wipe thing yeah. years before Spider-Man did. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's how this this ends with a memory right. wipe. Right. And yeah. you know how there's sort of dark, more gritty pages at the end of that? Yeah. So the entire Ignition arc, uh, Wally does not remember who he is. Hmm. He doesn't know he's the Flash. Eventually he starts to figure it out. And it goes through the whole arc, and you don't have any light colors whatsoever the entire arc Ah. until the end when he finally remembers he's his Flash and everything gets back to normal. And then it's bright and cheery and becomes a superhero book again. Wow. Wow. It's super cool. I love that. Yeah. And people were pretty upset about it when it came out, I think, because they were like, this is a superhero book. This is not the Flash. What are you doing? Uh, But you look back on it now, and it's great. Yeah. Yeah, I, I read that ending, and I had had a... Like, I tangentially through the internet and everything would follow what was going on with various characters and I knew that there was something like that happening back then but then actually reading how they played it out and the very last thing you see is like oh yeah nobody remembers who the Flash is including the Flash yeah Uh, that's really clever there's a lot of there's a lot of really clever and really heartfelt writing in this book and the art too Mm. is great Uh, Scott Collins has this I have a hard time... Like, I always try to make comparisons for my own brain. Um, but, like, I have a hard time thinking about who I would compare Scott Collins' art to. And nobody. Yeah. I mean, he is unique, and I think he has never been better than when he is working with Jeff Johns on The Flash. Yeah. You know, talking about those two-page splashes, double-page splashes, yeah. I think there's, you know... A Flash Splash. Flash Splash. There's... Very few people that I can actually pull off a double-page splash. Most of the time, it feels like, why are you wasting all this space? I paid for a comic book. What are you doing? Yeah. You know, you could have George Perez, who's like, I just gave you a million characters. Yeah, Hooray! Yeah, yeah. yeah. Scott Collins, on The Flash, is one of those other people could do it. Uh, and it's because it's so dynamic what he does. You talk about that sequence where he's jumping from girder to girder. Yeah. Scott Collins makes it feel like it's moving. Or the sequence where uh, Zoom first appears and... He's creating a sonic boom just by snapping his fingers as a way oh, of calling so Wally. Oh, so cool. And the way that Scott lays out those panels there yeah. is perfectly paced. <clears throat> yeah. He, and, he's oh. a... He also, he... Okay. He looks like he just draws straight in pen. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no shading on any of his pages. Like, yeah. it's all... It's very flat, which is not a diss. It's just like... Which is what I, as I've seen a lot of Scott Collins' work from his Marvel stuff. Like, when I mean, he did Avengers with Jeff Johns, uh, he did the Beyond miniseries with Dwayne McDuffie. I think mm-hmm. he's popped up, he's popped up a bunch. Um, and I've always noticed, like, he, he looks like a, he's a very detailed, a uh, lot of, a lot of lines. And I think this might be the inking, but, like, the, it's not inked, uh, all the lines have the same weight. Yeah. Which yeah. is also an interesting... Like, I've never well, this seen is, that. Well, this is uh, why I brought up Doug Hazelwood yeah. earlier. Because there's one issue in the collection. It's off-balance. And it's inked by... It's penciled by it. Scott Collins. But Doug Hazelwood, Al Gordon, and Walden Wong all ink it. Yeah. And the and I, stuff that Doug Hazelwood inks is awesome. And the other stuff... I'm sure those guys are great. Just does not work quite as well. Right. It's It's just not weighted in the same way. And I think... It feels... Well, it doesn't feel like him. Like, yeah, I mean, exactly. he, he definitely... He only, I've only ever seen him work with this one inker. 
And it's it's a very unique inking style where it's all I don't know if it's like almost animation y. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it seems like Scott Collins saves a heavy line for the general outline of a character and it looks like well, um see that's like Al Gordon will take like looking at this this issue, this is specifically one ninety five. Um, it looks like like Al Gordon just made that line almost too thick. I'm looking at page mm-hmm. four here, where Wally's sitting on the uh, the gurney at Star Labs. Um, it almost looks, yeah. I guess it's just one of those situations of like someone new coming in and trying to figure out how to work with work with someone they've never mm-hmm. worked with before. Um, and it's only a few pages. This had to. I'm assuming this was like a deadline thing because Phil Winslade comes in yeah. on the next issue. Um, yeah, it's just fascinating to see because well, I want to know he, what, yeah, what, is, what do his pencils look like? Right. He's done a ton of experimentation in the years since he did The Flash. You yeah. know, he started experimenting more with a painting style, which mm. is kind of fascinating. There was a Solomon Grundy thing that he did a couple of years after this that I think didn't, you know, he either inked himself or he colored himself or mm. something like that, but I remember reading that and it was kind of fascinating, though it wasn't quite the same thing. And I think... Yeah. More recently, he's almost gotten too close in terms of his angles. There are a lot of faces and very cramped. His characters get a lot bigger and don't sort of fill out the panel. Yeah. Here, he is at his most cinematic, and he's at his most cinematic, I think, a lot because of Doug Hazelwood's inks. And then also just because, I don't know, he's pulling back more. Yeah. It's... Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Like, you get a, like at the end of that issue which Doug Hazelwood inks the last page. It's a great reveal of um, Peekaboo, uh-huh. who's one of the villains that escaped during the Grodd Riot at Iron Heights. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of space. There's yeah. a, a lot of space on this page, and, but it's still really cleanly rendered, and the shot choice itself is really... It's a great... You know, you were talking about double splash pages. Even single, this is yeah. a great image to end the issue on. I will say that yes. Peekaboo has my least favorite, my biggest pet peeve in all in all in all costumes and art is thong straps sticking out of pants. Ah, Lita from but the she WWF. Was, she was trying to be a medical doctor before she got superpowers. Okay, yeah, which yeah. is why she wears a, a thong, thong. that yeah. sticks. Out, like you pull it all the way up on your hip to where it's like parallel with where your navel is, and then you wear your pants low. Yeah, it's yeah. just like I hate, I hate, I. She was a medical it's doctor such... before she decided to always wear rollerblades. Right. It's such a weird. It's she... such a weird choice, and it happens a lot. So, it's such a one weird... of the things that Jeff did during his run is build up the rogues, and you have the the core group of rogues that don't really show up in this collection. You got Are these all new guys. Uh, well, you got Captain Cold, Weather Wizard, uh, Mirror Trickster, Master. Mirror Master, Mirror Max, and I'm free Mirror Max. Uh, Michael Harvey Max. Weinstein and a yeah. couple of other people. Murmur winds up joining them. Yeah, for a little bit. Oh, yeah. and Reckoning and Dead Letter Office? All right. no, Good REM, buddy. I don't know. All right. What's wrong with me? What, what Jeff did was he created happened? a ton of new yeah. rogues to populate the city, and it's one of the smartest things he did because the other thing that Jeff does beyond figuring out, okay, how can I actually limit his speed the other way I could limit his speed is have all of these guys pile on him yeah and it's just yeah. too many people for him to deal with at the same time which is great but some of these villains are garbage yeah I, I mean I actually I think well uh, Peekaboo has a power first of all that's a name that's a name right there Peekaboo that's, yeah. 
Um, she has uh, a cool power. She, well, yeah. yeah, her power is like the fact, like teleporter. I'd seen that before, but a teleporter that like explodes every time they like leave and arrive. Yeah, like yeah. that's. I mean, that's a very that is a purely um, uh, what offensive version of a defensive power. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because uh, like whenever people are like, what superpower do you want? I'm like teleporting because I hate commuting. Like when my train is going express, I wanted to just be able to like teleport all like you know yeah, my but local if you stop. Explode it every time. But if you explode, like no you thanks. can't you can't use it for the fun, frivolous, like practical mm-hmm, stuff. That's right. It's only like I don't know what you would yeah. use that for. So like, maybe it's just the costume design on her. Well, I, I also like her or I think her origin, like mm-hmm. she wanted she was a medical doctor, she needed a kidney for it. Her costume design is ridiculous. Yeah. I don't know why she's wearing rollerblades. And again, like I like it's I don't understand like people like showing underwear like also she her midriff is exposed well if she was wearing like new, a normal in shirt in the new 52 she's not showing underwear right no because they got rid of no it. one's allowed right <laughs> she's also not wearing she's just wearing rollerblades yeah, yeah it's only rollerblades uh, right. because she's star firing it up yeah yep uh, she's called only blades yeah <laughs> um yeah and, and then we get a we get a pop in from phil winslade and it's an interesting contrast because he's Did such he a time breakers no, I don't think so. No, but he's like one of those, um, like, 2000 AD guys, right? Is he? Could be. I mean, he's been around a lot. I know he did a lot of, like, he did a lot of Marvel work around this time, too. Like, he did a Daredevil Spider-Man miniseries. Yeah. I think he may have done a bunch of Daredevil fill-in work, too. i look that up. Yeah. Um, but it's an interesting contrast between Collins' mm-hmm. art, which is so bright and, like Brett said, and not in a bad way, flat. Like, he doesn't do a lot of shading. And then Phil Winslow's art, where everyone looks very dynamic. Everyone looks like a runner in his, in, in yeah. his art. And it's a lot more shaded and textured through inks. Um, and nobody looks different. No, nobody looks, like, unrecognizable between the arcs. Just right. different. And seeing that interpretation is... Uh, is pretty neat. I mean, even he draws uh, Peekaboo with the with the thong thong hat. Thong oh yeah, that's her character design. That's you yeah. know, it's, it's inherent. It is you know. Both of these guys, by the way, do really great facial expressions. Mm-hmm. You, uh, the Flash emotes oh. a lot throughout <laughs> when, these stories. When uh, reverse zoom, when new zoom, yeah. when new yeah. zoom whispers in his ear that his babies are dead. Yeah, like a yeah. look, like oh, the tear, like wide what the hell? In uh, also, okay, yeah. here. Uh, how political do we want to get? Let's what, do what, it. Like, what was the um, Robert Kirkman got a lot of shit for what he does in The Walking Dead. I don't know if I I don't care about The Walking Dead, but our listeners might, so I won't tell you what happens in around the, issue like forty eight of The Walking Dead during the prison thing. Oh when, yeah, yeah. Like, have you read that far? Yeah, yeah, I have. I've... When uh, someone is. <laughs> oh. Oh, well, that's happened on the I know, show, but too. but they, yeah. they didn't, that didn't happen, though. Or did that happen? Yeah, basically. But is that thing still around? Is that cast member, is that tiny little <laughs> cast member still around? Well, that I don't want to spoil, <laughs> because that's that's a recent thing. I don't care. I don't watch that show. Anyway, um, what I'm saying is, that guy... <laughs> you him, brought it up! <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying, that got Robert Kirkman a lot of shit. Yeah. Uh, for... Whatever. Okay, I think there's a. There's, so I'm wondering, like, I mean, yeah, there I, is a, there is a, di- there is yes. a difference. But I'm wondering, like, uh, did, well, I mean, did Jeff Johns? Is this something that people bring up with Jeff Johns? Like, I can't believe you like had her 
had you had a villain make her miscarry? Like it's, that? I was of two minds reading this now because when I first read this, I had never heard of the women in refrigerators thing. Oh I had yeah, no yeah. idea because I was just getting back in comics. Yeah. So reading this now, I was like. Is this women in refrigerators? Am I, am I getting upset about this? I can't tell if I'm getting upset about this. No, what I feel like there's damsels in distress all over the place, but there's no well, I mean, one of those women in refrigerators is specifically the woman dying, right? And then right. Well, but here yeah. the threat is first to Linda, yeah, and you don't actually even expect that she's going to miscarry yeah. necessarily. You yeah. just yeah. think she's going to straight up die. Yeah. So. I, I don't think it's that, though. I feel like, you know, you could say, oh, if a woman is getting killed off or potentially getting killed off in a comic book, it's absolutely that all the time. But here, I actually do think it's treated well in terms of a superhero comic. Yeah. And I don't think it's used for cheap reasons. It's used for the reasons of Zoom watched yeah. his... His wife leave him. He watched yeah. his father-in-law die. So he's taking the closest family member that he knows while he has, and he's yeah. attacking that person who happens to be Linda. And the motivation behind it, too, I think is important. Yeah. And I think that's a key factor here. And, and that's part of, part of Zoom's character is that he decides that... And it's and again, playing the long game, we've, yeah. we've watched him accuse Wally of not ever experiencing tragedy. Yeah. And he decides that... For Wally to be the hero that he needs to be, he needs to overcome tragedy. So he will create the tragedy that makes the Flash a yeah. greater hero. Yeah. Which is I, an amazing motivation. I think the reason it works for me is one, it's, this is going to sound silly, but it's, it's very sensitively <laughs> written. I think, like, it's written in just the right way. The dialogue is just right. Yeah. Yeah. I think the way that it's eventually treated as well, the fact that he doesn't end up killing him. Uh, it's very good. Mm-hmm. And it's also that it's not played for cheap thrills. It's not like, I'm going to kill your babies, Flash. Try and stop yeah. me. Yeah. yeah, It's, I'm going to make you experience a tragedy. And you yeah. as a reader don't know what that tragedy is. And when you eventually find out what the actual tragedy is, it's so much bigger than you thought it actually would be yeah. that it's more effective. The yeah. only, the only, um, the only thing that I didn't really uh, appreciate in terms of like women things is what happens to what's her Jesse Quick. Yeah. Like that is bullshit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like again, it's a again when you have uh, a book that you know has a male protagonist, as like all the books do. Uh-huh. Um, naturally, if your protagonist is a heterosexual male, they're of course going to be in love with a woman. So therefore, when the villains come, they're going to go after women. Like that is a bigger like the problem there is bigger than just women in refrigerators. It's that all the books star men. Like yeah. that is the bigger problem. Sure. Um and so it was cool to like, oh there's a female flash. She's the fastest woman around. That's so cool. And then she sacrifices all of her powers to give him the final boost to defeat him and then she like loses her memory and becomes a secretary. Well okay. <laughs> which sure. is like kind of which which again like again Here. like long game, I'm yeah. sure it turns out fine because all comics are not fine, but in terms of this arc I was like, oh that's a bummer. Yeah. So I think okay, there's two things I'd say about that. One I feel like it's a little bit of character moving around because at this point I'm pretty yeah. sure Jeff Johns is writing uh, Justice Society and she moves over to yeah. Justice yeah. Society. Yeah. So, so I think yeah. it so was, her story isn't done. It's just right. Yeah. She was moving over there to fill a new role. And that book, by the way, if you ever have a chance, Justice Society, awesome, <clears throat> totally great, and it makes sense there because there's that's all legacy heroes sort of yeah. trading new heroes and and she's all a, she's a legacy, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, she, her, yeah. My bigger problem with her is that she is not built up at all. She, she they call her and she's like, I'm busy. And then she shows up and she's like, I'm the hero. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, I don't, at this point, 
in Jeff John's run on the Flash, we have no idea who she is. And also, I mean, like, I know, like, Jay Garrick's a big deal, but couldn't Jay Garrick have fulfilled that role? I mean, like, in terms of, like, the story structure of this particular arc, which is all I've read, like, that would have been a much more big sacrifice and much more of a tragedy for the Flash, because, I mean, the Flash does give up his entire memory, so, like, that's a bummer. But at the end of this, like, the Flash hasn't... Re- well, no, he has, because he had a miscarriage. What am I saying? Yeah, he that's had a miscarriage. He doesn't remember he's the Flash. Yeah. Yeah. Was, okay, the so whole so, city is in trouble so, yeah, because he there's actually, no Flash or anything like that. So I guess Jesse Quick does end off a little bit better yeah, than Structurally, I think it makes sense, because you have Jay and Bart <laughs> give him a boost of speed, because they're like, we can take down anything. We'll give you a boost of speed, you'll take down Zoom, it's all good. Yeah. They try to do that, he cannot take down Zoom, and they're like, crap, we already gave you our speed, we can't do anything now. Jesse Quick Cubs, and she gives him that even bigger push, which See, is a very typical superhero trick. Yeah, but I, why, why couldn't it have been Jesse and Bart at the first, and then Jay doing the big Sure. One? I think it was because it was Jeff Johns giving Jesse some sort of arc in yeah. this very minimal amount of time. That's the other thing with like comic book storytelling, is it's such long game, and like also like the fact that behind-the-scenes stuff, of like he's also writing this book and wants to use yeah. it over there, like... It all has to be put into context. Yeah, I wish he didn't than... play as so heavily into the finale. Yeah. If anything, just because I feel like she shows up, she kind of does this thing, you don't know exactly who she is. And she's the only female superhero, and she ends up without her powers. Right. It's also like, it was very du- deus, deus ex machina. Uh, deus, deus ex machina. Machina. Yes. <laughs> well, you, you know, it's interesting, too, talking about the long game, I actually just noticed something that I didn't notice in my first read-through, which is when... So... Wally is standing at the statue of oh, I know Barry Allen. Yeah, and uh, and then Barry Allen shows up to talk to Wally, and then Green Lantern, who was the Spectre at the time, Hal Jordan, who was the Spectre oh, at the yeah, time, that was which shows up. Crazy Pants continuity stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. Like that is that is just like a decade of yeah. Futzing basically, with that like character. the last like ten pages of issue two hundred are just like okay, this is this is DC that I don't understand. Can I just <laughs> recap it for you really quick? Yeah. Okay. So. Uh, what happens is Hal Jordan, hero, Green Lantern, uh, tons of Green Lanterns all over the place. This guy Mongol comes, destroys his city. Mongol from uh, that, for the man who has everything? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I've read Ma- that. Wait, is it Mongol? No, it's Cyborg Superman. It's, it's him and Mongol. Oh, right. So huh. they destroy Green Lantern City. Green Lantern goes nuts, decides he needs more power to take him down. Parallax? He ends up killing... The entire Green Lantern Corps to steal their rings, goes insane, becomes Parallax. Uh, There's this whole zero-hour thing where Parallax is trying to reboot the universe so he can get his city back, uh, Coast City. Um, Eventually, he gets possessed by the Spectre, I think, in Zero Hour. Is that right? Yeah. the Spectre? Oh, no, no, no. So he he winds up... There should be a podcast of just people trying to figure out DC continuity. (laughs) Just like... No, explain he, this to me. He's not possessed by the specter until he dies, right? Right, he dies. The he, in he winds up. Come, right? No, he disappears yeah. at the end of. Okay, I know that. What happens is, what happens is at the end of Zero Hour, Green Arrow shoots him with an arrow. Right, and you think he dies because they like, save we're everything. We're both green. Yeah, <laughs> green. The power of green. Yeah. So, also, he's like, see, bows and arrows do work. <laughs> Hal Jordan disappears to like the dark corner of the universe because he's he's moping, and he winds up sacrificing himself to reignite the sun. When another character, oh, is that during Blackest Night? Yes. Okay. Wait, no, uh, not Blackest Night. Uh... No, not black. Uh, uh, final night. Final yes, night. Yes, that's what it was. I, we knew exactly what we were. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So 
so he reignites the sun. Welcome to the dark side. Does. Yeah. Let's talk about fatal attractions for a second. <laughs> okay. Um, so then, so, you know, he tells, he tells Wally that it'll help him fix it. And he tells him to start running. Uh, run and do not stop. The rest will be up to me. So the Flash takes off. And then we get two panels on this page yeah. surrounding the Flash of Barry looking across to a second panel, which is Hal. And Barry, who's come from the future, saying, you're well on your way, Hal. And Hal saying, well, on my way to what? And that's all we get. To returning, right? But it, would yeah. be, it wouldn't be another, it was like another two and a half Three, years before yeah. they got to Green Lantern Rebirth. Yeah. Which was written by Jeff Johns. Yeah. Which is crazy. Yeah. But like, that, that right now means nothing. But yeah. in the, when you go back and read mm-hmm. it, I, as a comic fan, like when you do things like that right, which is this, you know? Yeah, like, it's great. It, it's, it looks cool in the moment, but then when you know that there's a longer game and you know how to work continuity, it's really yeah. rewarding for, for geeks like us that like to like, like follow totally. it for a long time. And it's definitely period. also rewarding to do something like this where you go back and read it years later where you're like, oh yeah, now I oh, know sorry. everything. It's like, to bring it back to your side of the Fed spread, it's like the, uh, the space mm-hmm. whale that shows up in Chris Claremont's X-Men. Yeah, the Akanti. That, what? The Akanti. Yeah, that uh, Havoc and Polaris discover. Like, they yeah. pull their car off the side of the road and they're like... What's yeah, the yeah. space whale doing over here? And yeah. then 30 issues later, yeah. they get attacked by the brute. God, it's all, ugh, it's I all love that. that. Oh, my God. Yeah. I totally forgot about that. Well, and they also, they also, I mean, thing. I love that. They thing. also did that, um, that like backwards engineering thing where in like Uncanny 255 or Destiny or something, Destiny's like, I see the world covered in crystal. And then they're like, Hey, the MCON crystal. Let's in 1995, 20 like 10 years later. Let's cover everything in crystal. Yeah, yeah. For that, um, that's cool. Yeah, or all the bishop stuff, which oh, yeah. did not pay off forever. No, no, I, well, I don't. Well, no, we did. Wait, what? Well, for a really long time, they didn't. Uh, they, 91 to 96, like five years. Was it? Yeah, because it they, felt, they, it felt uh, onslaught, right? They paid it off Jean, with onslaught. Jean, yeah, Jean Grey, because Jean Grey goes into oh, okay. I mean, okay, you guys, you guys, X Men onslaught is super Uh-oh, you're, awesome. You're, you're, you're posing in your B boy stance. You're about to drop X Men science. X Men onslaught. I remember reading that issue. I was so excited because uh-huh. uh, I had like obsessed over that. That's like uncanny, like two eighty seven or something. When like Bishop, when they show Bishop's future, and and he's like looking at the last tape of Jean Grey, and then oh, yeah. X Men onslaught. Slot, starts with Jean Grey running down to like the Zanox chamber to record that message, and the word and like the words are like the same, and then yeah. all like the and all the like <laughs> crackles are like being filled in with what she actually said, and yep. it's su- and also because they said like Xavier was the first to like they said something they had to like backwards like figure out like well we have to make this make sense because. Yeah, she mentions Xavier, Xavier in the, the ninety-one issue, but yeah. they had to like make it look like Xavier was. You know, we never suspected, suspected that it was Xavier. Um, it was amazing. Yeah, it was very exciting. Continuity. Uh, yeah. So, so, judging how on point I got for that, we should read Onslaught. Or something. There you <laughs> All go. of it. I have still never read the last issue of Onslaught. Uh, like Onslaught Marvel Universe. Uh, like yeah. the big one where they all Onslaught Omega whatever it was was Onslaught Marvel Universe yeah there you go because what happened was that was in the period where I wasn't reading comics but yeah. what I would do is when I was going uh, back to college I would go to Hudson News and be like oh I have all this time to kill uh, I gotta read something oh I guess I'll read these comic books <laughs> so yeah. the way that I read Onslaught was at a newsstand when I was going back and forth from college <laughs> and I was at college where they released the last issue and by the time I got back, it wasn't on newsstands anymore, so I still haven't read it. Ah, it's crazy. Yeah, I know what happens. Yeah, yeah. 
It's it's kind of a I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, Quicksilver goes through something that uh, he goes that uh, Flash goes through. Yeah. Because like what? Or no, it's a crystal or something. No, there's something weird because like he watches his sister go into like basically like sacrifice herself, and he's like, mm-hmm. I want to come with you. Oh, and, and, well, they do this stupid thing because it's like any like the only reason like no mutant energy like. Mutant energy can't go into the onslaught void. It has to be all the non-mutant heroes. And then Scarlet yeah. Witch jumps in, and they're like, "Her hex powers protected her." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, what the hex? Uh, yeah. So, um, I mean, that's that's basically it. We're so you ended you ended a conversation running that huh? we had about the Flash with talk about the X Men. Yeah, I can do that. <laughs> that's my mutant power. It's it like kind a, of my fault. I can, a, no, I, love I can it. bring it all around. I love it. I can um, bring it all around. Yeah, so I would highly recommend. I mean, this storyline in particular is fantastic. Awesome. This is a great nine issue run of comics. Mm-hmm. And if you're if you've ever wondered like which Flash you'd be interested in, I would make the argument for Wally West based on these nine issues right here for sure. Yeah, I, yeah. I agree. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I There's don't know anything about Barry Allen. All of Jeff Johns' run. There's a volume they released late. I don't know if it's in print or anything like that, called Wonderland, where he's kind of started to figure things out. Uh, Jeff yeah. Johns, I mean, uh, how to write The Flash. It's okay. I would actually go back and read that later. But starting with whatever the next volume is called, which I'm kind of forgetting, it's pretty much fantastic from there on. Yeah. Well, they just also did like a big omnibus, didn't they? Like recently? They did, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and uh, so. The next six issues are a, a dark period, and then uh, Howard Porter takes over the book, and mm-hmm. they work together until Jeff Johns leaves at 225, right? Yeah, I think that's right. And, uh, spoiler, there's more awesome Zoom stuff that comes up. No that's kidding. even better than this. It's great. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I, I, have, to, I have to pick up the it's rest of this. fantastic, because they manage to kind of loop everything back and bring everything back, and... Ooh. Uh, spoiler, if you're wondering how he gets two kids, maybe it has to do with time travel. I don't know. I'm just throwing that out there. Could be. Yeah. That's, uh, and that's great, too, because that's the same... That's a writer who plays a long game and understands that he's going to create a tragedy because he knows... He's going to break something because he knows how to put it back together. Yeah. He knows that there's a darkest night before brightest day. Yeah. There you go. There you go. There you go. did that. Close. And, well, is that not right? I, I don't know. And that's that's something that that's well that's something that's rewarding I think with continuity too because you when when it's the same writer I think that's what happened we were briefly talking about the X-Men stuff they were breaking things but they had no plan on how to put them back together <laughs> yeah. or if they had a plan the people that had the plan took the plans with them when they left. Right. Um yep. So yeah, I I highly recommend uh I highly recommend these books. Yeah. Uh, what do you you got anything to plug for the comic book club? Everything yeah, plug night? everything. You got a lot of great stuff going uh, on. Man. No, I don't. Yes, you but, do. Come on. Uh, comic book club every Tuesday night at seven p.m. Totally free at Fontana's. Also, Elephant Larry, my sketch group. You can check it out. YouTube.com/slash Elephant Larry. We're actually putting up sketches for the next couple of weeks. Every week, exciting uh, new video sketches. Right. So there's that. Uh, and you can check me out on Twitter at at a Zalbin. Ooh. Yeah. I plug everything. Yeah. Yeah. For more Matt Comics.com, go to mattbrettlovecomics.com, which is the website, and I said it twice. I like you it. go there twice and yeah, stay yeah. there. Tell them, <laughs> tell them then, tell them what you told them. Uh, what, did you, what did you tell them? Well, I told them that while you're there, you can check out some of our back issues. For example, our crossover with Comic Book Club. Where, where we read a bunch of X-Men. Where we did read a bunch of X-Men. We read Mutant Genesis, the, uh, the kickoff of the... A uh, brief image era of uh, of X Men comics with Jim Lee, Wills Portacio, and 
Rob Liefeld um, and, Rob Liefeld, and, and Larry, Larry Stroman, the outlier. Yeah. And, and I he think went to Image if you show. go to comicbookclublive.com, you can find the other half of that crossover oh, episode. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, there you go. Double your pleasure. Double yeah, yeah. Fun. I couldn't make it to that because, like in this book, my wife was in the hospital. Oh. So... Uh, it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. Everything. Oh, okay. She wasn't miscarrying. Okay, I Ooh. misrepresented Ooh, everything sure. in that situation. Who is your reverse Matt? Yeah. Uh, oh man. While you're there, you can also go to the Who Loves Comics tab where you can check out all of our social media presence. Uh, if you're a big Punisher fan, why don't you tweet at me at Brett White and like be nice. Tell Brett some non-Garth Ennis Punisher books to read that are like. Some Char- Chuck Dixon stuff. That are, like, you know, really character-based and, and, and involve, like, people liking each other. <laughs> wow, so uh, Punisher no, meets Archie. I don't know. Guys, I mean, I just... I, the older I get, I just want to read comics where people are nice to each other. I get it. I, this is, like... Uh, Matt Murdock and Foggy Nelson. Why can't everything be like that? Just people, like, they care about each other. What, an, an uh, arrogant an arrogant blind what? lawyer and no, he his can. best friend who's dying of no, cancer? Sure. They care about Fun each comics. other. Fun comics. <laughs> they care about each other. That is the basis. FTK. Is integrity and friendship. Oh, boy. Uh, as always, thank you to our producer, Mr. Ben Rahib, uh, who makes sure that all the technical stuff gets done. You are the uh, Jay Garrick to our Wally West. Okay. Um, you're the machine gun to our Punisher. That works too. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, uh, also, if you want to do us a solid, you should go to iTunes.com. iTunes.com. Yeah. And rate this uh, show. Go to the internet. Maybe, Type in. Maybe don't rate my, uh, my um, loose, lucidness right now. Lucidity? Lucidity. Don't rate that. Right, the overall, like, grade us on a curve. Grade, don't grade me specifically. Here's, here's what I'm going to suggest. <laughs> yeah. Be your own personal Zoom. Travel back in time about five minutes. Huh? Rate on everything up until there. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> That's, oh, man. Get in the hang of it. I hope that someone now reviews us and leaves the name Hunter Zolomon. <laughs> like oh, if, yeah. you, if you leave the name Hunter Zolomon, we will respect you. We won't know who you are because you're not telling us your real name, but we will respect you a lot. Uh, yeah, so thanks again for being on the show. Yeah, yeah thank you guys yeah. so much for having me. Yeah, uh-uh. uh, until next time, this is Matt. And this is Reverse Brett. And we love comics. We hate comics. We hate comics. Why is it Reverse Flash? Flash is bizarre.